Hallelujah. All right. Let's turn to 1 Peter 5.8. We're going to jump in the word tonight. Amen. Amen. All right. First Peter 5, 8. Be sober, well-balanced, and self-disciplined. This is amplified. Be alert and cautious at all times that your enemy, that enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. It's not going to be us, amen? <laughs> I was reading this scripture a little while ago, and something just kind of rose up in me. And the Lord asked me, what do you do with a prowling lion? And it got me thinking a little bit, what did they do with a prowling lion? Like, I, I need to get into the word here. I, I don't know what, what I'm supposed to be doing here. Anyways, um, so before we go into the word and see what these uh, men of the Bible did with prowling lions, let's look at some facts about lions. All right, now, different websites and different things might tell you a little bit different, so I tried to kind of get a ballpark figure for you. So body of a male lion is about six feet to eight feet. So if we can kind of visualize how long that would be, all right? So if you've ever been to um, Las Vegas or anything else where they have the cages and the lions are like right there, they're big. In a zoo, it's a little harder because they're far away. But if you get a little closer, you can actually see how big these lions are. Six to eight feet. Plus his tail is about two feet. So you're looking at an animal that's about nine to 11 feet long, all right? His body on all fours is about four to five feet high. So think about the head of a lion, okay? Body somewhere down there, head of a lion somewhere, somewhere over here. The weight of a lion is between 330 to 550 pounds on average. That's a big lion. That's like a, um, I mean like a cow or something. That's big, <laughs> right? Okay. They can run up to 50 miles an hour. All right, if they sprint, now that's not a long run, but if they sprint 50 miles an hour, so driving down your car, you look over, oh my gosh, there's a lion. So, all right, just to kind of 50 miles an hour. They can jump 36 feet. The jaw of a lion can crush 600 to 800 PSI. So, compared to a large dog, 325 PSI. A great white shark, 625 PSI. So, they're right up with, with all the, you know, with the shark and, and all that. Now, a couple of years ago, my mom took a missions trip down to Tanzania, Africa. And one thing that she found out was the rite of passage for young boys around age 11 to 13, is to give them a long stick that's been sharpened at the end, and they go on a lion hunt. And they are supposed to kill a lion. 
That is the rite of passage. Does anybody, can you think in your head, a boy from age 11 to 13 in your head? I'm not even going to let him cook in my kitchen. <laughs> and they, they give them spears, and they're supposed to go fight a lion. They're supposed to kill a lion, wow. which is really interesting. So just to put things in perspective from here in America. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I remember when my mom told me that story, and I kind of thought, Am I a lion killer? <laughs> would, I be able to, would I be able to get something and kill a lion? I know the Spirit of the Lord would have to be on me to do that, amen, and he would be with us. If there was, if there was something come up, guess what? I'm gonna, that lion's going down. It's not, it's not hurting me, amen. Uh, who knows my husband, Ricky, in here? I know you guys have met him a couple of times. Okay, he's a really, really great guy. When we were first married, I had a cat. I had a cat named Toby, and it was a male cat. It didn't like the idea of, of Ricky being in the house. So whenever Ricky would come home from work, <laughs> no matter where that cat would be in the house, it would stop what it was doing, and it would charge Ricky. So then Ricky would, of course, and it was like, all of a sudden, my, cat, my cute little cat was like, possessed by something, okay? I mean, it's fur, it's, it's mouth, it's ears. It was so ugly, and I hated it when it did that. It just was trying to attack my husband. Anyways, so Ricky, he would, like, yell at it and stomp its foot, and then the cat would jump back, and it would run out of the house. We didn't have the cat for too much longer after that. It didn't, one, it had, like, it had to go. So, anyways, but it was amazing. Even that cat that weighed, what, 15 pounds, 10 pounds, how ugly and how ferocious that male cat would get when he would walk in the house. <laughs> and think about if this was a 300 to 500 pound cat. Okay, so if we can visualize that. Tonight we are going to talk about lion killers in the Bible. There are, there are several actually, but let's turn to Judges 13. Let's look to your neighbor. Say, are you a lion killer? Are you a lion killer? <laughs> 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 Amen. All right, Judges 13.3. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, you are infertile, and you have no children, but you shall conceive and give birth to a son. Therefore, be careful not to drink wine or any other intoxicating drink, and do not eat anything ceremonially unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and give birth to a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for this boy shall be a Nazarite dedicated to God from birth, and he shall begin to rescue Israel from the hands of the Philistines. We're talking about Samson here. He was a lion killer. Judges 14.5. A little bit later on, Samson's all grown up, and he has, well, let's just read verse 5. Then Samson went down to 
Timnah with his father and mother to arrange the marriage. And they came as far as the vineyards of Timnah. And suddenly a lion came roaring toward him. We just talked about a lion. Put that mental picture back in your head. These are real people. This really did happen. A lion jumps out in front of Samson. Suddenly a lion came roaring toward him. The spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily, and he tore the lion apart as one tears apart a young goat, and he had nothing at all in his hand, and he did not tell his father and mother what he had done. Okay, so side note here. I guess it's easy to tear apart a young goat. Um, That's what I get from verse 6 here, but let's get back on track. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Amen? Amen. Sometimes in our life there is suddenlies. Sometimes we get a phone call and suddenly our life is changed, flipped upside down. Today when I was driving here, there was a car accident. Literally about five cars in front of me. Went spinning out right in the middle. Um, Cars pulled over. I pulled over trying to think maybe I can help in some way. The traffic, you know, because everybody starts going around was too fast for me to do anything because now I'd have to walk across people that are just trying to go through and go through. So, But that was a suddenly in that person's life. Suddenly, their life was changed. I prayed and I said, Lord, you have to be with them. I can't, I can't get over there, but do what you need to do. And I just prayed for them and... Uh, Somehow God puts me in these kind of situations um, where all of a sudden I'm praying for people that look like they're dead. It's third time now. Um, One time I was in the gym, and I walk out, start talking to a friend. All of a sudden there's a situation happening. Someone is having a heart attack and fell off of a machine right then and there in the middle of the gym. Chaos erupts, but guess what? God had placed a woman of faith inside that gym for that moment. And I went back and I started praying. There was a couple um, guys that were EMTs or or nurses or something, and they went over there, did their thing. Um, But I was there praying. Another time, I was on a flight, and a woman stopped breathing, an older woman. She was, this was my seat, she was a seat above me to the right, right here. Guess who's close? (laughs) Hallelujah. God put me in another specific occasion for a suddenly, that there is a praying woman right there saying no. You're not having this one. You are not having this one. This is not happening right now. Sometimes there's suddenly in our lives. And when that roaring lion steps in front of your path in life, what are we going to do? The Spirit of the Lord will come upon us. Those words that we have been trained. This is why we're here tonight. We are training. This is training ground. So when those things pop up, 
the spirit of the Lord can rise up within you and you can be speaking that word and you can be praying over that situation and taking control of that. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's going to be easy. Just like they compared it to the, the goat. Made it seem like an easy thing for Samson. It's going to be an easy thing for us. It's going to be a natural thing. Because the spirit of the Lord is inside of us. We're going to be rising that, raising that up, those scriptures up. And we're going to be declaring things. And changing that situation instantly. Hallelujah. Let's go to Psalms 91, 13. Hallelujah. We have some lion killers in this place. Psalms 91, 13. You will tread upon the lion and cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You will trample underfoot. Hallelujah. Luke 10, 19. This is amplified. amplified. Listen carefully. I have given you authority that you now possessed to tread on serpents and scorpions and the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy, Satan, and nothing will in any way harm you. This is a scripture that I pray for my children. Nothing in any way will harm you. Because guess what? I'm in authority over that house. They're my children. And I'm going to use my authority. It says to exercise our authority. We have to use it. Amen? Amen. All right. Let's look up this this next lion killer in here, which everybody probably knows, King David. 1 Samuel 17. Samuel 17, let's start at 34. But David said to Saul, your servant was tending his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I went out after him and attacked him and rescued it from his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by the beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. Amen. Hallelujah. You can just feel the power of God like coming on that. Man, it's so good. So what happened here? David killed a lion and a bear. So it went out, and it it got into the flock. It, it seized a lamb. It was running away. All of a sudden, it looks back, and it sees this crazy boy chasing him. Because <laughs> it says, I went out after him. And attacked him. I wonder what that lion thought. This has never happened before. What in the world is chasing me down? That's us, right? If, if the lion comes into our life, no, we are not having that. You are not taking my job. 
You are not taking my marriage. You are not taking my children. You're not taking my finances. He's going to look back and go, what? What's going on? Because we're there. We're there with the word. We're there speaking it. We're there sending our angels out. We are there after him, attacking him, rescuing it from its mouth. And if it, rose, if it rises up against you, guess what? You take its beard, you strike him, and kill him down. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because there's things in our life, just like in David's life, if we don't get through those little things, there's bigger things down the road like Goliath. And if we don't get through that, that lion, if we don't get through that bear, then the thing that is really going to be a challenge you're not going to be ready for. But David was able to say to King Saul, I have, I have killed that lion. I've killed that bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine, he's going down. That's right. amen? amen? Hallelujah. We're going to recover all, amen? amen? Recover all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, this next one. He's called Benaniah. Has anybody heard about Benaniah before? He's like my new favorite person in the Bible. He really is. Okay. Benaniah is really, really neat. And I'm going to spend a little bit of time on him because there are some really neat things happening here. But 2 Samuel 23. 2 Samuel 23, 20. And Benaniah, the son of Jehoadada, the son of a valiant man of Kabzeel, who had done many acts, he slew two lion-like men of Moab. He went down and also slew a lion in the midst of a pit in a time of snow, on a snowy day, some translations say. You don't have to turn there, but also in First Chronicles 11.22 basically says the same thing. Son of a valiant man who had done many acts. He slew two lion-like men of Moab. He also went down and slew a lion in a pit in a, on a snowy day. He was a lion killer. Also, I'd like to kind of bring out here, son of a valiant man. His father was known for being a valiant man. What kind of things are we passing down to our children that can change their life and that can change the life of everybody around them? Amen. Are they hearing those stories? Are they hearing those, those stories that God has brought you through? Oh, the stories of faith? I had to stand in faith for this. Um, not too long ago, there was, and we're trying to teach our children, you know, how to use their faith, trying to get them young so they know how to use it when they're, when they're adults. And there was a point that we were, um, we didn't have uh, money in the bank to pay like three bills. So we got the, we got the kids around. We said, you know what, this is a, this is a real life thing. We are going to put our faith out on this and we're going to declare these things paid. So we pinned them up got the kids around, and we said, you know what? We're going to pray over these bills, and we're going to declare them paid because 
God is our supply, and he's going to bring it in because there's nothing that we can do. You know, there, this, is, this is how it is. So this is why we serve a living God, and we can pray to him, and he hears us every time. So we did. We gathered around. We declared those bills paid. And, I didn't, and the funny thing was, I'm, I'm usually the one that's kind of over the money and I'm kind of figuring it all out. I didn't even think from then on, I did not even think a second thing about it until I was at the gas station about a couple days later. And I'm like, oh, there's no money in the bank. I'm here at the gas station. Oh, man. And then I'm like, okay. So then I got on my phone and I checked the bank account. And there was... Um, money in the bank account from, I forget what it was now, but there had been a deposit that we weren't expecting inside the bank account. Not only that, it was enough for um, tithe, offering, gas, pay those bills, and supernaturally it was done. So hallelujah, glory to God. But those are those things. Ricky and I got to go back home and got to get our children around us. And we got to say, guess what, girls? There was a, a sudden deposit that was in there that we didn't know was coming along, and God answered that prayer. And this is showing our children what to do and how to do it. And this is, this is an example of that, of uh, Benaniah, his father being a valiant man. He grew up under that. All right, so who are these um, lion-like men? Let's get into that a little bit. So, it's kind of interesting. They're Moabite heroes. It says he killed the two sons of, the actual words, Ariel of Moab. So, that actually means, Ariel actually means lion. So, that's why it translates it like lion-like men. So, we don't know exactly what that means. Maybe this means they looked like lions. Maybe this means they were brave as lions, brave lion-like warriors. We don't know exactly. We just know that they were really bad people. They were disturbing the villages. They were not doing good things. And Benaniah decided that's enough. Time to take care of business. And he went over there and took those guys out. All right? So not only that, but he actually killed an actual lion. So let's think about this. Winter time. Snowy day, it says. Icy, slippery. Now what happened was, obviously, and what the commentaries actually say is that what happens is winter time, food source is low. The lion tries to come into the village, snatch the little kids or whatever it can get its hands on, and it was starting to do that to the village where Ben and I was. He, he didn't pick a very good fight. So what the villagers did was they made a pit. They, they dug a pit, and they decided, no, we're going to capture this lion. And they did capture the lion. That's great, except for now you have a lion in a pit, and it's roaring, and it's crying, and it's making all this noise. So not only was it harassing your village before and, and trying to invoke fear and everything else over your family and over your children and over the village, now you have it in a pit. You took care of it kind of. But now you hear it roaring. I don't know if it meows. I don't know if that's the right word with a lion. But anyways, it's making a lot of noise, okay? So here's Ben and I again. All right, no one's taking care of business. I'll take care of business. He jumps down into the pit. 
icy, we don't know exactly, we just know it was a very snowy day, jumps into the pit and kills the lion. Who wants that job? Anybody? I mean, lion, this massive lion that's, that's really hungry? No. But he took care of business. Also, which is really kind of neat about Ben and I, he's not only a lion killer, but he's a giant killer. He killed a giant also. And it says that in 1 Chronicles 11.23, talks about it a little bit. I'm not going to go into all of that, but it's really, really neat. Also did some research. Benaniah's father is a priest. So this priest was a valiant man. Amen. We can, sometimes the world perceives people as, that are Christians or something as um, timid or weak or something like that. That is not the truth, amen? That is not the truth. Glory to God. Yeah, so he was um, from the tribe of uh, Levi, and he was a high priest in Israel. Benaniah's grandfather was a valiant man. Just a little bit of, like, some tidbits about Benaniah, because not a lot of people know about him. But this is interesting. All right. You don't have to go there. 2 Samuel 8, 16, and 18. But Benadiah did oversee the um, Cherethites and Pelethites. They were some non-Jewish um, mercenary forces who fought for David. Now, when, when, when David was becoming king and, and different things were happening, he had some mighty men. And there was about four mighty men. There was a point that they were having this meeting, and David was assigning them jobs. Joab got uh, the commander of the Hebrew army. Really, really cool, right? Some other people got some different, uh, different jobs. But Benaniah got the job of being over the mercenary group. My army, uh, my husband is um, retired army, and uh, I asked him a little bit, you know, about this. I, you know, I know a little bit, okay, they, they um, fight for money. You know, this is not for king and country or anything like that. This is, they're fighting for money to get, to get money, all right? They're a little bit unpredictable. They're a little bit on the crazy side, all right? So when King David was handing out these jobs, he got the mercenaries. I can only imagine what he is thinking of after the, the meeting kind of departs, everybody's kind of going their way, and he's kind of standing there. King David's over here. Well, King David, um, I, it doesn't look like my secretary emailed you my resume because, you know, it, it had on there that um, I killed that lion that was in that pit. It was snowy. It was, yeah. Um, also, I killed those two lion-like men of Moab, those warriors. Yeah, brought them down. Okay, remember that really tall Egyptian giant? I was the one that killed that guy, you know, just, just to let you know. Um, so when we were in that meeting, King David, uh, I, think you, I think you meant to say, Benaniah, you're, you're in charge of the Hebrew army, but it came out, mercenary army. I'm just checking to make sure that's what you actually said. And, you know, I'm just kind of going through here because that's probably what's going through his head. Of course, he didn't do that because he was very honorable. Amen. 
But it just it goes through your head. Oh, I wonder if you saw my resume. Um, anyways, he got the mercenaries, all right? This is the neat thing. He was a very honorable man. And there was a time that uh, King David got, uh, got older and King David's oldest son tried to take over the throne. Um, let me just go over here just real quick. And it's interesting. Let's go over to 1 Kings 1, 11. And I want to read through this just a little bit because some interesting characters kind of come back through, through this part of the Bible. And Bathsheba also makes an appearance in here also. 1 Kings. All right, I didn't write this one all the way out in my notes, so I'm just going to read it from my Bible here. First Kings, oh, First Kings one eleven. I'm sorry, guys. Did I say chapter eleven? Okay, everybody's good. We're good. All right. Then Nathan said to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon. Now Nathan was the priest at that time. Now David's oldest son is trying to take over the throne, okay? There's treason happening. Have you not heard that Adoniah, the son of Haggith, reigns, and David, your lord, does not know it? Come now, let me advise you how to save your own life and your son Solomon's. Go to King David and say, Did you not, my lord, O king, swear to your handmaiden, saying, Assuredly, Solomon, your son, shall reign after me. This has already been declared. This has already been declared by him and by the prophet. Okay? And he shall sit upon my throne. Why then does Adonai reign? 14. Behold, while you are still talking there with the king, I will also come in after you and confirm your words. So Bathsheba went into the king in his chamber. Now with the king was very old and feeble, and a Shunammite handmaid was there ministering to him. 16, Bathsheba bowed and did not abstain to the king. The king said, what do you wish? And she said to him, My Lord, you swore by the Lord your God to your handmaiden, saying, Assuredly, Solomon, your son, shall reign after me and sit upon your throne. What is interesting right here is that she still has the anointing on her to be King David's wife. And as a wife, there are times that we see things happening, that the Lord brings things up to us, that we say, Okay, Lord, we need to handle this. How am I supposed to present this to my husband? And we are anointed to be able to present things in a way to be able to have them see what's really going on here. And she does. She does do that. She does it honorably. She does it respectfully. She does it with um, the prophet of God goes with her. They have a plan. Verse 18. And now, behold, your oldest son is reigning, and my 
Lord the king, you do not know it. He has sacrificed oxen and fatling and sheep in abundance and, and has invited all the king's sons and the priest and Joab. Now Joab was the one that was over the Hebrew armies. Remember that story that I just told you? This is Joab. He is now on the side of, on the wrong side, King David's oldest son that's trying to take over the throne. Now, my Lord, O King, the eyes of all Israel are on you to tell you, uh, on you to tell who shall sit on the throne of my Lord and King after you. Otherwise, when my Lord the King shall sleep with his fathers, I and my son Solomon shall be counted as offenders. While she was still talking with the king, Nathan the prophet also came in. The king was told, here is Nathan the prophet. And when he came before the king, he bowed himself before him with his face to the ground. And Nathan said, my lord, the king, you have said, have you said, Adonai shall reign after me and he shall sit on my throne? He has gone this day and sacrificed oxen, fatling, and sheep in abundance and has invited all the king's sons and captains of the host and the, the high priest and they eat and drink before him and say, Long live King Adonai. But me, your servant, and Zadok the priest and Benaniah. There he is again. He's still right next to King David He's still doing exactly what he needs to do. And to make a long story short, he goes after them, leads King David's army now to take over this treasonous king. They overcome them. King David makes King Solomon king. Now Solomon makes him head over the Hebrew army And this is not in a time of war anymore. This is in a time of peace and wealth. And it just reminds me of of that, how Benaniah had really planted a seed all those years of kind of, you know, having someone, you know, kind of do the job that he wanted or he should have been doing this over here, but know what? I'm doing this because the king told me to do it and I'm going to be, I'm going to be a good servant and I'm going to honor him and do what he has asked me to do with all of my heart. And in the end, who was on top? Benaniah. And one thing that um, your pastor here had said, and it really has stuck with me, and I want to find it because I want to read it correctly. If serving is beneath you, then leading is beyond you. Man, that when he had said, this was years ago, and it still sticks with me because it's so true. And that's with anything. So there's Benaniah. He was a lion killer. started with a lion. And now he's leading the Hebrew army. And he actually was able to get the right person on the throne that God wanted. Let's go back to our verse, 1 Peter 5.8. And it actually tells us what we need to do when there is a lion right in front of us, right in front of us, prowl, prowling around like a lion. 
Let's read it. 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober, well-balanced, and self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times. That enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. Now, that next verse, verse 9, tells us what to do here. Withstand him. Withstand him. Be firm in faith against his onset, rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined. That is how we handle a lion in our life. And we aren't going to let those lions, those situations that pop up, those those. Uh, those things that, that Satan likes to put right in our life to get us off course, to get us in fear. We're not going to handle that any longer. There's a point that we need to get beyond those things. And we need to start doing these things and handling these, these things like this roaring lion in your life. And it's with the word of God. Amen? Getting that word out. Speaking it over that situation. So hallelujah, let's pray. Father God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God, that this building is filled with lion killers, that when they hear that roar of that lion, that they know what to do, that instead of running in fear, that they will run to that lion, that they will have the word of God and the spirit of the living God rise up on them on the inside and be able to say what they need to say and take control of that situation. Thank you, Father God, that right now, if there is any situations like this, that Satan has been going around and roaring like a lion, that we declare right now in the name of Jesus, that you are done. That we will be like these men in the Bible. That we will not be running in fear that we will take things, that we will run after this situation in the name of Jesus. And Satan, we say, take your hands off this situation. Angels, go out and help us. Father God, show us in the word. Holy Spirit, show us in the word what scriptures we need to be using. And Lord, we plead your blood over these situations. And we call them done. We call them finished. And these situations must cease in the name of Jesus. Because we have handled them right now in the spirit and by the word of God. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise for working in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.